Hello and welcome back to Endopod. If you're new here, hi, this is Hepsi Xavier and I'm a third year medical student. Welcome to Endopod's revision series. Each episode will cover revision material for those preparing for exams or even just for those who are interested in learning the basics of endocrinology. Today we are going to be looking at the topic of calcium homeostasis. We will revisit the role of calcium and its distribution in the body, the mechanisms by which calcium homeostasis occurs and why it is important to have tightly controlled concentrations of it. Calcium is an important ion and plays a role in many physiological processes such as cell signaling, apoptosis, blood clotting and membrane excitability. As 99% of calcium is stored in bone, it is crucial for skeletal strength. The other 1% of calcium is distributed between intracellular fluid and extracellular fluid, with 0.9% found in intracellular fluid. Calcium found within intracellular fluid is mostly stored in mitochondria and sarcoplasmic reticulum, with free calcium being very low. Of the 0.1% of calcium in the extracellular fluid, nearly half is bound to protein, mostly albumin and some globulin, and therefore only 0.05% of calcium in the body is physiologically active and free in solution. As calcium in bone is stored as hydroxyapatite, phosphate homeostasis is also very important in maintaining calcium balance. Calcium is a positively charged ion and therefore has a high affinity for negatively charged proteins. 50% of calcium in the extracellular fluid is unbound, 40% is bound to carrier plasma proteins and 10% bound to negatively charged anions. The proportion of protein-bound calcium in the extracellular fluid can fluctuate depending on pH levels in the blood. As pH decreases and the blood becomes more acidic, the proportion of calcium bound to proteins decreases and there is a higher level of free calcium. And the opposite is true for when the blood becomes more alkaline and the pH rises. Total body calcium levels are dependent on calcium intake through diet and calcium excretion by the kidneys and in feces. Although 99% of calcium is stored in bone and this is important for mechanical support, calcium can be added to or released as required as maintaining calcium homeostasis is more important. We will now look at the three different cells found within bone which play a crucial part in calcium storage. Osteoblasts are bone-building cells which actively lay down a collagen extracellular matrix which can then later be calcified. Osteoblasts then differentiate into osteocytes which are less active but regulate both osteoblast and osteoclast activity. Osteoclasts metabolize bone by secreting hydrogen ions to dissolve calcium salts and provide proteolytic enzymes to digest the extracellular matrix. Calcium homeostasis is also controlled by two key endocrine hormones parathyroid hormone and calcitriol. Parathyroid hormone is produced by the parathyroid glands located on the posterior of the thyroid gland. Parathyroid hormone is a polypeptide hormone which is released in response to a decrease in free plasma calcium concentration. It acts to increase free calcium by stimulating osteoclasts to increase the release of calcium and phosphate from bone, inhibiting osteoblasts, increasing reabsorption of calcium from kidney tubules, increasing renal excretion of phosphate and stimulating the synthesis of calcitriol from vitamin D which promotes kidney and gut absorption of calcium. The other hormone calcitriol is the active form of vitamin D3 and it complements the action of parathyroid hormone to increase calcium levels. 
The synthesis of calcitriol is in two stages, the first being in the liver and the second in the kidneys. Vitamin D precursors are activated by sunlight and vitamin D is also taken in by the diet in foods such as fish and egg yolks. The three main actions of calcitriol are to increase absorption of calcium from the gut, facilitate renal absorption of calcium, and mobilize calcium stores in bone by stimulating osteoclasts. Prolactin stimulates calcitriol synthesis in association with an increased demand for calcium in milk production. Vitamin D deficiency is common in those over 65 years old who have a poor diet and live in places with limited sunlight. This leads to parathyroid hormone working hard to maintain plasma calcium and removes it from bone leaving the person with soft and bent bones which in children is known as rickets and in older people known as osteomalacia. It is important to identify people at risk and commence calcium and vitamin D supplementation. Although there are two hormones which increase calcium levels, there is only one which acts to decrease calcium, calcitonin. This is a peptide hormone produced by the thyroid glands in response to high plasma calcium. This hormone binds to osteoclasts and inhibits bone resorption and increases renal excretion of calcium. This hormone can be used to treat those with Paget's disease in which the osteoclasts are overactive. Other hormones which alter calcium balance are cortisol, insulin, estrogen and growth hormone. In summary, this episode we have looked at the importance of calcium in the body for cell signaling, blood clotting and skeletal strength, with 99% being stored in bone. Of the other 1%, 0.1% is found in extracellular fluid, with half bound to plasma protein, and 0.9% in intracellular fluid stored in mitochondria and sarcoplasmic reticulum. Calcium is taken in through the diet and the three main cell types of importance in its storage within bone are bone-building osteoblasts, mature osteocytes and destructive osteoclasts. Pyrothyroid hormone and calcitriol increase calcium levels and calcitonin decreases calcium levels. As calcitriol is synthesized from vitamin D, deficiencies in vitamin D also means the patient is calcium and phosphate deficient and requires supplementation. Thank you for listening in this episode. Please do follow us on our Aberdeen University Endocrinology Society Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages. Please like and share this podcast with all your friends and colleagues and of course I always welcome any feedback. Before I go, I want to say a big thank you to Jade Kirsten, one of our event coordinators, who was involved in the making of this episode. Stay safe and happy. This is Hepsi Xavier, signing off. Music